there's so many of us out here that are 40 and 50. And the beauty is once you're at this age, you have a lot more going for you. You're not just starting out in your career. You're usually making great money. We figured it out. We're fast movers. We've learned some things in our careers and our jobs, and we've climbed the ladder. We are getting raises, but we don't know how to manage it. And it's never too late, like you said. after spending hundreds of hours of coaching clients in a one-to-one setting through private coaching, one of the things that I kept hearing from my clients was, I would like more community. And they are right. We thrive in community. We need to hear the stories of other ambitious Latinas and their desires to build wealth beyond their ancestors' wildest dreams. This is why I am so excited to share the news. Estás lista? Are you ready? Say Hola Wealth Academy is opening its doors to group coaching starting January. If you have been thinking about joining a community of badass Latinas who want to build wealth and support you along the way, this is the group coaching for you. To get the full details, join the waitlist using the link in the show notes. You can also use the link in bio on my Instagram page at Say Hola Well Podcast or visit our website at sayolawell.com slash academy. I can't wait. Visit Mujer to see you inside. Visit Mujer, I don't know about you, but growing up, I used to hear my family members say things like, we are too old. Ya estamos viejos. Why change now? Ya para que cambiamos. And the truth is that these cultural sayings are rooted in a fixed mindset that doesn't allow room for growth and create the life that you deserve. If you are someone who believes you are late to starting your well-building journey, I want to introduce you to Kim, a money coach who started her personal finance journey at a later age, and now she has a seven figure investment portfolio with her husband. Hello, Kim. What, welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. How are you? Hello there. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here. And I would like to start by asking a little bit about your money story and how you grew up. So my money story is one that's uh, it has a couple of twists and turns. So I'll try to make it as brief as possible. I was one of those that grew up in a, a family where my dad was very uh, well, highly compensated. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And my dad was the breadwinner. But my dad was also one of those that thought, if I make a great living, I need to live a great life. So we ended up spending way beyond our means or he ended up spending way beyond our family's means. But I grew up thinking that that's what you did. You got a job. And the first thing you did was you bought a nice car. You got a nice home. So I made that my business. I went out in life, got a great job, earned great money, was living a great life. I was traveling, vacationing, uh, spending money on 
homes that I couldn't afford really, but I was living a great life as a single person. And then I met my husband who was raising two children on his own. And I thought my job was to bring fun to them. And I came to the table spending even more money. So when you go from spending for one to spending for four, it expands exponentially. And then we looked at one day and realized we were $69,000 in debt with two kids about to go to college. And at that point, we were both in our late 40s. Well, I was in my late 40s. He was in his early 50s. And we figured out if we didn't do something different, we would be living very dire situation in our in our retirement years and our kids will be saddled with uh, student loan debt. So we just put some processes in place. I started reading books and trying to learn as much as I could. And then I found a fire community and started learning from them. And I have to say this, you millennials are killing it. You guys know how to save money. You know how to, uh, you know, hacks to do side hustles. And I just learned so much from you guys. But what I realized is there's so much out there for Gen Zers uh, and, and millennials and then retirement. There was nothing in between for my Gen X and it was nothing in between really for myself or my husband. So we just started exploring ways to do things a little differently. And we ended up ultimately ended up putting our kids through college debt-free paying off $69,000 worth of debt. And we're now uh, have a net worth of seven figures and we're set to retire. He's going to come out in the next two years and I will be work optional should I choose to be. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you so much. And your story, by the way, is so inspiring to me because uh, so I want to I wanna tell the listeners that I haven't met Kim in person, but we met through an event. Yes. And so I was spying on her. And, and to me, your story is so important because I serve what I call busy mujeres, so busy women that are always on the go. And a lot of those women that are part of this community are literally in their late 40s. And some yes. of them are actually in their early 50s. Yes. And one of the things that I keep hearing from them is, oh, Lucy, the time has passed for me. Oh, Lucy. I, yeah. I, I should just, you know, like I'm, I'm okay. And then our community enforces this mentality of like, you know, I'm too old to do things yes. like, ya estoy viejo para hacer cosas. So, yes. so we need to unlearn that. And so when I learned about your story, I mm -hmm. said to myself, I have to bring her to the podcast. Oh, so absolutely. <laughs> there's so many things that you just said. One of them being you wear $69,000 in debt. What type of day was that? Oh my goodness. And it was the year 2016, I can tell you. It was student loan debt, credit card debt, foolishness spending debt, going out to brunches, eating out, it, you name it. And even I added on a timeshare because I was thinking, oh, this is an economical way to take my family on vacation. So I was already swimming in debt and went and bought a timeshare for another $10,000. So it was a combination of things. And to your very good point, there's so many of us out here that are 40 and 50. And the beauty is once you're at this age, you have a lot more going for you. You're not just starting out in your career. You're usually making great money. We figured it out. We're fast movers. We've learned some things in our careers and our jobs, and we've climbed the ladder. We are getting raises, but we don't know how to manage it. And, and it's never too late, like you said whether you're 40 or 50, even if you're 60 years old, there's time to do things differently. You can unlearn that behavior that thinks that is too late for you and turn things around. We assessed our debt in 2016. And by 2018, we paid off the $69,000 in debt. By wow. 2021, we had paid for our two kids to get through college debt-free. So it's not too late. You just have to do things differently and be willing to change and be willing 
to buck against what everybody thinks you should have. Maybe you need a car, but do you need a $60,000 car? That's the question I always ask. That's the premise that I set for my friends when they say, oh, how are you living in an apartment now when you used to live in a house? It makes more sense for me economically. And over the years, we were able to, by living in an apartment, we now have a, a lake house that we can retire to. It just We just did things differently. I love your story. And you did mention that you are on a seven-figure net worth. Yes. Is that combined with your husband or is that yes. just your? No, nope, okay. it's combined. It's okay. us together. We so, have the debt together. We paid off the debt together. We built our net worth together. Love it. So I know that money conversations are hard, right? Oh. But money conversations with a partner is even harder. So what are some of the things that you and your and your partner had to really um come together oh. to like what was the conversation like for the two of you that is such a great question because I got to tell you that first year was so hard my husband will tell you he will say I got him out of debt behind his back <laughs> <laughs> because I kept trying to get him on board and he wasn't on board and I think in his mind he saw it as just like everyone else we go to work we work these long hours we're making great money we're bringing home income we want to have fun and every time I said babe do we need to spend money on this he was just like oh. I'm not a child. Try Don't try to dictate to me what I should and couldn't I do. But then I think the realization for him was, I finally said, listen, if you want money to, to just spend freely without having a conversation with me, because you think about it, you don't want someone dictating to you like you're five years old, what you can and cannot do. We came up with an approach that said, after a year of struggling back and forth, we finally came up with an approach that said, okay, here's your pocket money. You get an allowance every Friday. This automatically goes into a bank account. You can spend it any way you want. You don't have to talk to me about it. And here's a set amount of money that goes into my bank account that we can spend any way we want. I can spend any way I want. But everything else goes into a household pot. And from that, here's our goal. Our number one goal is to get out of debt. Our second goal is to make sure our kids don't go into debt. Our third goal is to make sure that we can retire and retire comfortably. Are you on board with that? Again, it took him another six months to get it right. He would still use the wrong card or overdraw an account. And then finally, I just said to him, I said, listen, at this point, I will stop managing our money and I'll give you total responsibility for it. And you figure out our financial future. Just know I'm going to want to retire one day. Took mm -hmm. him about two weeks to come back and go, I can't do this here. What do you need me to do? But I, I do realize it's a tough conversation. I think with every couple is different. I think this is just my opinion. I don't think you can do anything on your own. I would have hated to have gotten to this point where I was debt-free and he was still struggling with debt. But when we decided to do it together, I also had to give him some grace because just because I was 100% on board with it, I had to give him time to get there because I wasn't there myself. I discovered the debt-free community in 2014. I discovered how to budget and get out of debt in 2015, but I didn't do anything with it for another year. So I had to give him that grace to get there too. I couldn't just flip a switch and tell him, okay, get on board. I love that story because I think it's going to resonate with so many of the listeners because it's hard. Like it's hard to have those conversations, you know, especially mm -hmm. if there is uh, some type of financial trauma behind yes. the story and also mm -hmm. understanding that you have your own money story, but also yes. your partner has their own mm -hmm. money story. Yes. So navigating that conversation has to come with a lot of patience, a lot mm -hmm. of grace, like you're mm -hmm. saying. And it's not going to happen overnight. No. It's like baby steps along yes. the way. And can I say this? And I don't think my husband won't mind me telling you this. I am wife number two. In his first marriage, he worked and his wife was a stay-at-home mom. 
and he gave the paycheck completely to her. But every time he needed money or wanted something, he had to go to her to ask for money. And I think going through that that in his first marriage and then coming out of it, in his mind, he said, I'm never going to be in a situation where a woman is going to tell me what to do with my money. And I think he came into our marriage with that mindset and I didn't realize it. So initially when we were having that tug of war on it, he was dealing with some back in trauma that I didn't recognize. But then once we started talking about it and I unpacked why he was feeling the way he was, I said, okay, so you don't have to ask for money. Here's a set amount of money that you can spend any way you want. We dealt with that trauma and then we were able to move on. Yes. We didn't just pretend it didn't exist. We dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the key to creating wealth. What I say beyond our ancestors' wildest dreams, because we have to utilize these communication tools that, you know, are available to us. Mm-hmm. listen to them and I always tell everyone that comes to the podcast is you should have your own money it's okay to have you know our money yeah but like just like you my husband has his money I have my money and then we have yes. our money right like I yes. want to get my nails done I want to buy shoes sometimes yes. I do like to buy coffee sometimes now yes. just to get out of the house but I don't yes. have to Tell him like, oh, this is what I did. You know, of course, if he mm-hmm. asked, like, how was your day? Mm-hmm. What had? What do you do? I would tell him. But yeah. I feel like I'm not asking anybody permission to spend my money, right? Exactly. And I'm going to keep asking you about the conversation with, with your husband because he was also, I'm assuming that he's around your age or so. Is yes. that right? Okay. Yes. So what was the, like, w- walk us through like a step-by-step, like, because that was that was literally a money date. You were having money dates with your husband. So yes. how did you prepare to have oh. those conversations with him? So can I tell you, I did something a little devious. Please, I give t- us a chisme. <laughs> <laughs> what I did was I knew that we were in financial dire straits. And I don't think he understood it as much. But I knew just sitting him down and just ripping off the band-aid and saying, here's where we are it wouldn't get the result that I wanted. So I started doing things like we would go out to dinner and part of that discussion would be, hey, how was your week? How was your plans? What's happening with the kids? And we would come up with these things where we'd say, what is our plan for the next year? And every November we would sit down and talk about what is our plan for the next year? And it usually was go on vacation, spend time with the kids, what trips we wanted to take, who we wanted to spend time with, which family members were we going to visit? This time though, it became a little different. It became conversations about, okay, what do we want our lives to look like 10 years from now? We were both in our 40s. Well, I think in 2016, I was 40, I want to say I was 46 and my husband's seven years older than I am. So when we got married, we were 42 and 49. So if I was 46, he was like 54. And I said, what do we want our lives to look like 10 years from now? And he said, well, in 10 years, I'll probably just be an older version of myself going into work every day. And I said, was that what you want to do from now on? Do you want to work every day? He says, well, my family works until you die. And he said it jokingly, but for me, it resonated differently. I said, well, my family has not worked until they died. They retired and I like to retire. And he says, well, how can we possibly retire? We have two kids with this and with that. So this one evening we were out on a date and I intentionally bought a notebook with me. And I said to him, I said, so here's how much money you make right now. And here's how much money I make right now. And if we add it together over the next 10 years, we stand a bit bringing in over $2 million. But wow. here's our lifestyle. Here's our expenses. And here's what we're spending. If we keep living this way, 
in 10 years time, we will have bought in over $2 million, but we will only be able to keep maybe 180,000 of that. How does that sit with you? Does that make sense? And he said, oh, that's ridiculous. That can't be right. But when he saw the dollars and cents, I think it it rattled him. It made him nervous and it made me a, a bit depressed. And when we talked it through, I said, you know, there's some things we can do differently. We don't need to have the latest and greatest cell phones every year. We don't need to upgrade on things such as technology, televisions, and computers. How can we live differently? And how can we start putting aside, let's look at maybe saving an extra 10%. If we're right now looking to keep 180,000 out of over 2 million, how do we raise that 180,000 to 200,000? And then how do we raise the 250? What can we do? So it got to the point where as we were unpacking uncover opportunities to save, like we cut cable. I'm quite sure everyone's done that. We revisited our cell phone plans. Everyone's done that. But we start saying our commuting cost. Is there a different way to do it? We found out there was a commuting benefit through his company. Who knew? We were paying full price for it. We live in New York City. We were paying full price for Metro cards. We could get them a third off through his company. We did that. Just different things. But we were able to cut our expenses to the point where we were able to max out our 401ks, where before we didn't. We maxed out both our 401ks. He was already in his 50s, so we could put extra in our 401k for him. So we Uh sent the extra. And he kept saying, you can't put all my money in there. I won't have any money left. I said, we don't need it. (laughs) We're okay. So our goal was to get to the point where we could slowly but surely send all of his income to our investments. And then my income we could use to live off of, pay for our kids to go through school, still live comfortably, go on vacation every now and again. But while we were digging out of debt, we modified the vacations. We didn't need to get on a plane and leave the country. We spent a weekend in Mystic, Connecticut. We still went on dates, but instead of going on dates to Mama Fuku, that's $200 a night, we go to a local pizzeria and have wine with our pizza for $50. So you, you just make modifications, you make changes. But it, it makes sense. It made sense for us. And I I mean, I see you um, right now just sharing your story. <laughs> and I'm so inspired because, you know, I have a mom who became an investor at a very late age, you know, yes. her words. Mm-hmm. And for me, just to see how you were able to not only change your money story, yeah. but also this help your husband come to terms yeah. with this idea of financial independence, retire yeah. early yeah. and having put your kids through college debt free, that, yes. that is just so powerful. So mujeres, uh, I want you to see the possibilities that age is just a number, a number, just that's, a number. That's it. So <laughs> Oh my God, I feel so inspired now by this conversation. I want to ask you, Kim, what is your definition of wealth? I got to tell you, it's funny. Someone asked me that question a while ago. My definition of wealth is freedom. Freedom to choose the work that I want to do and not want to do. Freedom to decide if my kids are home. My kids are adults now. They offer our payroll, as I like to say. They have their own jobs, but they live in different states. And I like the freedom to fly my kids home so I can see them. I like the freedom this November. We're taking our kids to Mexico. Just the four of us. We're going to spend a week in Mexico and just spend time together. That is a luxury that we have now that I know when we come back from vacation, I won't have debt over my head. I won't regret it. I think the biggest thing my husband and I did as stepmom when we got together, I said, it's us against the world. And that included our kids. We love them to bits. But I think oftentimes those of us that are a certain age, we make the mistake of thinking our job is to give our kids so much to our own detriment. And then when we're old and gray and we're trying to live and survive, we're now trying to put that burden on our kids to help take care 
care of us. Now that's not fair to them. So wealth to me is having the freedom to make choices and the ability to pass on generational wealth. I want my kids to be able to walk through life and be able to take risks because they don't have debt hanging over their heads. And the fact that we've been able to give them that, my goals have been met. Life is great. I love it. And um, the listeners can't see me, but if they could see me right now, they will see that I'm drooling as you're speaking. I'm like, I just love everything you are saying and doing. So how can we support the work that you're doing, Kim? And where can people find you? Okay, I have started... um, it's so weird to even say this. I started coaching other women, especially women of a certain age that are trying to figure it out, how to start, how to build wealth, how to grow and maintain that wealth. So I started a business. It's called KHB Financial. And you can find me at khbfinancial.com. That's Kim Hunter Bors. That's my full name, uh, financial.com. And we can talk about ways in which you can A, get started. You can come in and sign up for a free 30-minute discovery call and we can go from there. But I don't think it's too late for anyone. Whether you're 40, 50, or 60, you just need to do things differently. And I got to tell you, we're not going to start with basic things like how to budget. I'm quite sure you've seen how to budget. There's plenty of ways to budget. But we're going to talk about mindset how to think differently, how to live life differently and still live with dignity and retire with dignity. Amen to all of that. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. It has been an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. And you are gorgeous. I love (laughs) what you're doing out here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take control of your dinero, download our free 15-page Latina's Guide to Building Wealth, the ultimate blueprint to create your dinero systems. This guide includes the best tips on mindset, budgeting, and the dinero systems you need to build wealth. It is completely free, and to get a copy, you need to go to sayolawealth.com and enter code WEALTH at checkout and start creating your wealthy life today. Until next time, mujer, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. The usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.